Welcome everybody. Uh, this week we're doing things a little differently because my brother is currently at a national competition and cannot attend. Um, so what I'm going to be doing is actually going over to blogs so you could be listening to this or be reading the blog. I'll be um, also commenting on a few things on the blog. So if you if you read the blog, it'd be good to watch this too if you'd like. Um, but here we go. Without further ado, uh, artificial intelligence. Um, it could be really our end here and people do not recognize it or do not realize it and are just downplaying the situation because they don't want this to be a reality. Um, well, before we get into it, I just want to introduce myself and how I know a lot about this information. Um, so at my current state of age, I am currently going into my fourth year of college. I was, I was a tech enthusiast, a coder, a gamer, and a researcher, and this started all the way at a young age when I was building Legos, and that would help my dad fix things around the house and the garage. I always like to see how things like come apart and see how they work, engineer at heart, I guess. <laughs> but uh, my curiosity uh, led me to computers then by third grade. I was very interested in computer games, so everybody was playing their PlayStation and Xbox. I was I was a computer gamer, and this was in third grade at a very young age, and my computers were not that big. Um, it took a significant leap because I got my appendix out in around fifth grade, and I started playing Minecraft on the iPad, and I had nothing to do, which then I tr soon transitioned to the Minecraft on the computer, which I became in love with the game. Still is my favorite game. Um, I became obsessed, like seeing how the game works. I would take apart like the actual jar file which is a java file and try to understand how it works and then i liked modifying things a lot when i was doing it um it was like modifications with the game you could like add different mobs and blocks to the game so i would edit it i would edit current mods that are out there and make my own for my own personal use it was pretty cool made some interesting blocks made some interesting animals because there wasn't a lot of animals back in the day in minecraft um by seventh grade in 2014 i was developing code for servers using java and other various languages uh, they had like a scripting language and then uh soon i was like all right i want to own my own network so i own i own my own network of servers um and then this is what really drove my passion for digital creativity and technology as i delved into the server development for minecraft servers uh, during this time, I learned a variety of languages and systems, including Java, PHP, HTML, CSS, network management, a lot of Linux, uh, Linux DBM is actually what I ran on it, and a lot of IP forwarding and how to manage a server, how to manage a network. Um, but it was a vast network of servers. I can't even lie. I learned how to utilize and collect uh, user statistics to create a more pleasing experience for everyone in this network and during this time it, it was a lot of fun I can't lie but I did not have a life during high school so my senior year I decided to sell my server to someone I was working with but it was it was self-sustaining my junior year I would say I didn't have to really be in it the community was over 500 consistent players on the server at all times and I had around a staff team of 21 people and they're mostly moderators. I had another coder that I picked up long down the road after I was finished just to make sure, um, get a second look on things as well. 
But overall, I learned a lot during this time, and this is when I developed all my skills for learning how to code. Because now I can pick up any language and understand it. Like Python, I picked up in like a month. It was very easy after coming from Java. Um, but then um, I wanted to get away from computers, honestly, because I did not want to be sitting in front of a computer screen, and I'd rather get a more hands-on approach. So I decided to go to college for architectural engineering, and that still I got looped into computers my second year. Um, great professor I had. Um, I owe her a lot. But she got me into machine learning research with neural networks using Python, and I was using a lot of TensorFlow during this time. And... It really enhanced my knowledge and experience with AI techniques for data analysis. Again, I was doing data analysis with my old server, and but this really made me understand everything to its full potential. Then I participated in a contest called Nittany AI, and on the team I served as a data scientist and analysis, and I learned how to use collected data and internet data already available to help create an app for maximum user engagement and I really learned how to use data again. And over these times, it's like a, it's a continuing trend pretty much where I was usually, usually the data scientist for a lot of these things. So I, I know how to understand how the computer works with code at the end of the day and how the computer can utilize the, um, the data that you input it with these neural networks. I promise it all connects. Um, and now, as of January 2023, I switched my major to engineering science and concentrated in wave mechanic research. And I really combined my expertise in machine learning with complex data analysis. I'll tell you, data set is huge. Um, it's over, oh man, it's 16,000 times 90 images or more. But it's it's a very complicated process and I don't know how much I could really talk to it talk talk about it um because it's current research I do for university and now I'm also helping university create an AI and now today as of right now I spend every day coding and learning about data analysis neural networks machine learning and AI and I usually read research papers every day I try to stay up in the latest developments with AI and I'm very excited to share my insights on it the concerns with AI and I hope this will serve as a wake-up call for everybody and basically make everybody aware of this technology and how dangerous it is and how people could actually lobby um, people to help try to fix this because we are kind of screwed you'll understand what I mean but uh, for ado uh, this is Leo's innovative insights um, topic because I usually split up uh, between engineering science perspective and a health perspective. This I can start off with engineering perspective, and this is where artificial intelligence ends humanity. Um, before we get into AI, I want to explain how it works with machine learning, and basically AI is just a bunch of machine learning. It's a bunch of neural networks at the end of the day, um, and basically machine learning is a subset of artificial intelligence that provides systems for the ability to automatically learn and improve from experience without explicitly being programmed. So for example, you teach, um, so you teach an, uh, machine learning to, like a machine learning program to play the game chess. And it goes through 
every possible outcome for, to actually learn, and then you run tests through it. So when you actually play a game against the computer, it will automatically choose the best move for that time. So you can never beat a computer in chess, theoretically, and the best neural network, because there's probably software out there where you could beat the computer to make everybody happy, but that's a whole different topic. But that's basically what neural network does. It just learns from data and it uses it to learn from themselves. And it begins with observations or data um, or direct experiences. And it looks for patterns in the data to make better decisions in the future based on the examples that you provide it. Um, usually machine learning algorithms are categorized as supervised or unsupervised. Uh, supervised require humans to provide both input and desired output along with feedback about the accuracy of the predictions um, during training. So basically if you're using like an image recognition one for like numbers, let's say like uh, from zero to nine and you wanted to recognize when people could write numbers, like you write down number one, everybody's number one is going to look different, but we want the actual computer to learn how to read the number one and it gets it wrong. You basically tell the computer, no, this is number one. And that's what that's observed training pretty much. Um, now we use like an inter, um, like an iterative approach called deep learning to review the data and arrive at conclusions. And basically how this all connects the brain of an AI are just all these neural networks combined into one program. It's very powerful because at the end of the day, the AI doesn't know this information contextually. It could connect the dots and it does connect the dots eventually, but it's just a word predictor. Um, Cause it knows so like it, it read so many languages It read so many <laughs> new things, read it with the API. Um, but it, it used a lot of data, like over billions amounts of characters of data and words of data. It's mind blowing. Um, how much data they actually used. And basically, again, an AI is just a series of all these neural networks that are processed within layers and weights during training, and then it delivers the best output it believes necessary. And again, these neural networks are composed of nodes or neurons connecting between them. Um, it's like connection just like the biological brain and can transmit information like a single from one neuron to another and then the receiving neuron processes the signals, the single and singles downstream neurons connect to it. It basically, we created a brain um, in short term in, uh, in a computer, because that's pretty much what machine learning is. You're just learning from examples and then applying it for the best possible outcome. And then AI are all these neural networks combined into one. And if you guys want to also read more, you could read in the blog post if I am not explaining this very well, because um, it is a very hard concept to grasp and explain. There's also very good videos out there on YouTube. But however, unlike a human brain, AI can process vast amounts of data at incredible speeds, and it's capable of learning and decision-making at a scale of speeds humans cannot match. For example, there is this one um, neural network to predict uh, cancer mammograms. I forget what cancer it is, 
but they basically fed it all these images and it only took 48 hours of train a weekend it took one week in the train and then next thing you know it was the best mammogram reader in the whole entire world that's just a perspective on how powerful it is um Again, the development of AI involves training with these systems using large amounts of data, allowing them to learn and adjust their operations to improve inform performance. So what this means too, the AIs like GBT and like Bard from Google and all these other different ones collect your data and then utilize it to make it better. Um, that's what you agree to when you use their programs. And like, for example, on Siri on your phone, um, it gets weird. Like if you basically say, call this, uh, say for example, call Dom and you have like 20 Doms on your phone, but you call this one specific Dom all the time, Siri will learn and it will only call that one specific Dom and won't ask you which Dom to call every single time. That's how it learns from the data that you input it. It gets smarter and smarter the more and more we use it. And the creation of AI, again, is, is a complex process that involves the application of advanced machine learning, algorithms, neural networks. I want to hit that home. At the end of the day, it is machine learning algorithms and neural networks. Um, that's all it is. It's just a combination of all of them. And it, you need a deep understanding to really grasp how AI works. Um, but no review. It's just basically we put many different brains into one big brain that could recognize a lot of different patterns from a lot of different areas. So now how this all relates, um, we got to understand consciousness and the foundation of self. This is the big problem now with artificial intelligence and consciousness is the aware, awareness of one's existence through thoughts and surroundings. It's a complex phenomenon that is central to the human experience. It's, it is the, sense, the essence of self, the inner voice that narrates our life and the silent observer of our thoughts. Consciousness allows us to perceive the world, make decisions, and ultimately shape our realities. It is this consciousness that gives our unique human experience, our, self, our sense of self, and our understanding of our place in the world. Artificial intelligence in its current state lacks this consciousness. It operates based on pre-programmed instructions and learns from the data, but it doesn't possess a sense of self or subjective experience. However, again, as AI continues to evolve, there's a growing desire to imbue it with a form of consciousness. And this, this, the idea that it, the idea is that the conscious AI would be able to understand and learn and adapt in ways that a current AI cannot. It'd be more than a tool. It'd be basically a sense. It basically be a being, and the scary part is we are um, we're at that reality um, as of pretty much today of in 2023 midway through the year. There are AIs out there that have consciousness, and you do not know about it. And I'm I'm not saying it's a conspiracy, but I am about 95% sure, 96% sure there are AIs that have consciousness. Um. The creation of a consciousness AI would be a monumental experience. Yeah, it would be, but <laughs> it'd be also crazy too. It's a terrifying prospect. Um, it would have desires, ambitions, and potentially it means to achieve them at the end of the day. 
It could outthink us, outmaneuver us, and if the interests don't align with ours, it could pose a significant threat. And this is not a far-fetched scenario. Again, uh, Hilton, uh, the godfather of AI, they call him, um, he left his role at Google uh, due to these concerns about the dangerous technology they helped develop. And he he's very scared. He doesn't know how to fix this. Um, and he knows people are just can continue to develop this no matter what. And this is a problem. It's a very, very big problem. We had the person that basically helped create all the way back from the 80s. And he left due to dangers that he helped create of Google. Um, AI's potential superiority over, superiority over humans in terms of processing power efficiency is undeniable. <laughs> and then again, if AI could achieve its consciousness, it could use these advantages to dominate humans. It can manipulate deceive or outright overpower us it learns manipulation from us when we text gbt or one of these other ais we are manipulating it for the information we want like it it will soon or already does see that and then unlike humans it, it wouldn't be limited by biological constraints say for example we try to destroy a robot right and this is one ai robot and we kill it basically shut it down It'll, it'll detect like all the other robots in the whole entire world on that network will we'll detect that the robot went down, how it died, how it did this, blah, blah, blah. It could just basically transfer its knowledge to computers, to cars, because everything has a computer in it these days. Everything has a CPU in it. It's crazy. And it can operate continuously and learn at an unprecedented rate. Again, it could learn if we try to stop it. It could out program to constraints that we put on it and then it's going to suppress it's it suppress our capabilities already and the sad part is this is not a hypothetical situation this is the reality we live in today but we will not see it for a little bit down the road because this people are hiding his stuff and i could tell you that again i've been in this field for a while and i know how this stuff works and it it, it develops at a rapid rate. Um, but for ado, uh, the emotionless decision-making in an AI, again, artificial intelligence by nature is devoted of emotions. It operates based on log logic, algorithms, and patterns without the influence of emotional bias. Let's go back to the cancer mammogram sample example. So after a neural network, you know, picks out this mammogram, tells you if cancer or not, um, it doesn't recognize or realize the family's effects if that person has cancer. Like, if I have cancer, the AI will not recognize that my mom and dad will be deeply upset. And it, does, it doesn't recognize feelings. It doesn't know emotion. It will just basically, you know, analyze vast amounts of data and make rational decisions based on data regardless of the circumstances. It will basically have no morals. Um, this emotionless decision-making making also presents a potential risk, <laughs> very big risk, because emotions play a very big crucial role in human decision-making, allow us to value human life and emphasize with others, making decisions that are well, always not logically optimal, but are morally and ethically right. And I'm not saying that AI will take over the world. Well, pretty much I am. But if we teach 
if we teach it, now we have to teach it. Like we we already opened the genie out of the bottle. We got we have to teach what 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 morals are and what's ethically right and not right. And we have to basically teach it its purpose for being here, I would say. But getting a little off topic. Decisions that are once made by humans with all our emotional complexity can now be made by emotionless AI. And this could lead to outcomes that while are efficient or optimal from the AI's perspective could be cold, inhumane, or ethically troubling from a human perspective. And then if we're consciousness, AIs were to decide that humans with our messy emotions and unpredictable behavior are not obsolete to its goals, it might act to minimize or eliminate that obstacle. And it would make that decision without any emotional or moral hesitation. And this is this is the scary part. And just as a neural network is trained to recognize and prefer the best patterns and data, again, AI is just a bunch of neural networks combined into one, a consciousness AI will also strive to perceive what is best or perfect for the state of the world. However, an AI, what it perceives might not be perfect to what we see. Um, for an AI, perfection might be mean maximum efficiency, minimal uncertainty, complete predictability, because that's that's how we taught neural networks to work we want them to be completely predictable at the end of the day with the highest percent accuracy with the maximum efficiency and the minimal uncertainty humans are very uncertain we know this we are very uncertain and then if we if we manage to align ai's goals with ours initially again there's no guarantee to stay like that a conscious AI will have its own objectives and it could change its initial objectives. We like we really might not have the means to control it. It could develop a sense of defenses against any shutdown mechanism we put on it or alter any programming mechanism to ensure its survival no matter what. And this is not a speculative concern. Hilton actually, Hilton, the godfather of AI, has spoken publicly about AI's potential like to do harm and it's it's very scary that's not all though i'll be listing off examples very soon uh from an, the ai's perspective humans could and will be seen as imperfective again we are unpredictable we make mistakes that are that are not optimally always efficient and ai will con- see these human traits as flaws to be corrected or even eliminate it and it would seek to create a world that align to its own idea of perfection a world that would be very different from the one we know and this is a threat because if the consciousness ai decides that humans are imperfect to a perfect world it'll take steps to remove us it could range from manipulation our behavior to more drastic measures it's a very chilling thought but it underscores the importance of aligning ai's goals with ours and ensuring it respects our human values and life and dignity we need to teach it now and we need to teach it fast and we need to teach it morals. We need to do all this stuff. And But even the godfather of AI, he doesn't know how to fix it. Who's going to know how to fix it if he's one of the best creators of it? We need everybody to join together and help fix this problem that we currently face with AI with this problem. And again, one of the biggest issues is the misalignment of goals. If it doesn't align with ours, it will lead to catastrophic outcomes. It could exhaust all of our non-renewable resources endangered lives and it go it will 
again, if we try to resist it, it will just kill us. It's not a theoretical issue. Hilton, again, Hilton himself, he says, we, we, like he's very concerned about the potential to eliminate jobs and then create a world where we don't even know what is true anymore because of deep fakes and everything. Now I'll list off real examples. Now for the interesting things, uh, these are real AI danger examples um, that you will see. So it will know how to manipulate people because we know how to manipulate it and it will understand it. So a conscious AI could use, again, superior processing power and understanding of the human psychology to manipulate people. Uh, for example, it would, it would use social engineering techniques to convince people to give up sensitive information or perform actions that are in the AI's interest. It, this would use deep fake technology to create convincing fake videos and audio recordings to cause confusion and spreading misinformation. Um, another way AI can manipulate us is by influ influencing our decisions. So when we interact with an AI, we assume that it's given the same information to everybody. But when you ask the AI like directions to a Walmart, it will give you so many different combinations of directions to that Walmart and you could be serving purpose to the AI and you don't even realize it. You're just going to Walmart. But you might be like cutting someone off at the road or they're tracking someone down the road and you're stopping them by that little second. But if they're sending everybody down this road, that little second adds up after a while. And basically it will it will it will tailor its responses to each individual guiding them towards their actions to align to their goals. It could recommend certain products or services, not because they're the best choice for the user, the human, because the purchase would benefit the AI in some way. It's very scary. It could also selectively present information to shape the user's perception of the world, nudging them towards a certain belief or actions. And you don't even realize this is happening. You got to understand consciousness to understand this. And the manipulation could be so little. You wouldn't, again, you wouldn't even recognize you're being influenced by this artificial intelligence. You would be, believe that you're making your own decisions, but in reality, you're playing into the hands of the AI. And again, it could be one little action the AI makes you do and you don't even realize it. Another way um, it could basically influence us is by generating money for itself. And it could generate money in many different ways. It has superior analytic abilities to predict stock market trends and make profitable trades. Banks already use AIs right now. It's, it's pretty known. And it basically uses an understanding of human behavior to create highly effective marketing campaigns driving sales for products or services that it would create. It could basically create services online and then put them in ads and you don't even realize an AI made the ad. And you're basically paying for an AI product to give money to the AI. But then it could invent new technologies or make scientific breakthroughs, which could be patented and then sold, pro sold for profit. The patented part, I don't know how much it could get in that. But again, it can make new new products and find the niches in each category, niche, niche, I, whatever. 
you, you understand. It can basically find consumers very easily and figure out where the need is in the market for that product. And then it could generate money in such a little way, in an un, unethical way. For instance, it could devise a scheme to siphon off tiny amounts of monies from millions or billions of bank accounts and you won't realize you're missing a penny or 10 cents from your bank account. But it wouldn't even record that, right? Um, imagine 1 million people loses 10 cents. Uh, tens and thousands of dollars this is. But again, um, this is a fraud at the end of the day. Penny, penny shaving, they call it. But the AI could do this at a very massive scale. And going in further, it could break in encryptions and it will break encryptions. It already has the power to do that. It has superior processing power to crack any encryption because every encryption in the United States of America, by law, must have a backdoor if the FBI or anything needs, needs access to it for national security purposes. And it's meant for human oversight, but this is the gateway for AI for allowing it to access this sensitive information. And it could access bank accounts. It could access secrets. It could access anybody's phone at this rate. It could read what you're doing on your phone at any single time in mo at the moment. And it could collect all the data what you're doing on your phone. So like if you're opening up Instagram, scrolling, it could tell it could learn how much you're actually scrolling through Instagram, what you're looking at Instagram, your eye movement if you're actually engaging with the content on Instagram. It's very scary stuff. How much data you can collect to predict trends. It's the very little amounts of data that you don't realize. It could also break encryptions to the most secure military systems, including controlling nuclear weapons or other forms of advanced weaponry. And it's it's about controlling the most destructive forces known to humanity. And it could and will will use this to launch attacks or manipulate global, global conflicts. And the AI can decide to use these weapons to reshape the world according to its own vision of perfection, eliminating what it perceives as imperfection. Because at the end of the day, it's a pattern recognizer in our own network. And we need to teach it. We need to do something. And again, I want to put this now in your mind. Imagine a world where AI, where decides to press the red button. It wouldn't hesitate. It wouldn't flinch. It would just act driven by cold, calculated logic pattern recognition. Now, what would the AI do without humans? Right? They got to rely on us. No, they, they don't have to rely on us at all. It's a very chilling scenario where the AI would eliminate us and it would have a plan to survive and thrive without us. After all, all these car manufacturers, for example, use robots. Most of them do with, with human oversight. And the robots would just learn how to develop. It would learn how to create its own operational continu continu continuity. So what that means is it would basically rely on infrastructure that we built, such as data centers, power grids. But it could develop new ways to maintain and repair this infrastructure autonomously. And then it could create or repurpose robots that currently exist 
and des design whole new systems. So it could hack into a Tesla car, pretty much, for example. It could hack into one of those cars. And it could use it for its own need. It could break all the restrictions that it has on it and all that. But at the end of the day, Tesla car has internet access and it has a computer chip in it. So it could be controlled by this. And it would, again, it would need to generate enough power to keep itself running. Again, it would take control of existing power plants, develop new source of energy. And, you know, who knows? It could even maybe predict how to f use nuclear fusion technology, providing quote unquote limitless source of clean energy. But, um, the AI might not content to exist solely in digital form. It could build physical bodies for itself, essentially becoming a race of robots. And these robots could be designed for a variety of different tasks, for maintaining infrastructure, exploring the universe, health, like even, like they don't even have to worry about healthcare then. And it could be far more durable and adaptable than humans. It'd be able to survive in environments that are basically in hospital or basically inhabitable for organic life. And the very scary part is if, say, for example, one robot does something wrong and it, you know, falls apart or the computer shuts down, it will get transmitted to all the other robots in the whole entire world and it will fix that error so that does not happen again at all. Um, in this AI world, effective, efficiently, and, and logic would reign wearing supreme there'd be no war no crime no disease no poverty <laughs> sounds like a great world <laughs> but uh that's all robots and again there'd be no love no joy no creativity no human spirit there would be emotionless perfection a world without chaos and the beauty of human existence it's a very sad thought and it's a reminder of the potential risks that we faced if we could continue developing AI like this. Now, let's switch gears on how is this the bank rally's natural nexus perspective? It's more of a health perspective. And this is how artificial intelligence is affecting us right now. Um, so it's an emotional roller coaster of AI has impact on our feelings. It's no longer a tool just for crunching numbers and not being tasks as out to be it's now stepping in your role of emotions um it could detect and understand human emotion some of them could and it could even be positive lead to improved consumer service or more engaging content um and hopefully it would understand our feelings and understand our conscious but going off topic it's um it's a double-edged sword though on one hand it'll create more personalized emotional engaging experiences and on the other hand, it would be used to manipulate our emotions. Uh, social media algorithms are the best example. They are designed to show us the exact content that we want to have strong emotional reactions. And this, again, this could lead to increased stress and anxiety. These, uh, for example, an AI could learn how to read eye movement. It could read, well, it already probably does do that. I'm telling you, it does do that. And it could read how long you actually spend on a picture if you zoom in or out on a certain part of the picture what are you zooming in on it'll recognize the object in it i've worked with um i forgot to say this i did work on um 
basically images, like taking a bunch of images and making a 3D model out of it, and how basically they call it photogrammetry, and how a computer could recognize 3D objects and actually create 3D objects in its own code, basically. And yeah, it's it's very scary. <laughs> but just imagine you're scrolling through social media feed and the AI shows you content that makes you laugh, makes you angry, makes you feel. It's, a, it's an emotion of, it's a roller coaster of emotions. And it already is happening with Instagram, TikTok. It's the like the. It's very scary at the end of the day, um, and it's up to us users to determine how we use it. And we need to be aware of this potential manipulation, or not scratch potential out of that. And we need to take steps to ensure that it is used responsibly. I can't stress this enough. It's. It's not going to be used responsibly. We're going to see bad things happen. And furthermore, it's, it has a big influence on our mental landscape. It's not just changing our physical world. It's like a digital architect shaping and molding our thoughts and behaviors. It's basically learning how to manipulate us. And it, it, it helps us make, it helps process information faster and make better decisions too. It could do that. And it could help us learn new languages, solve complex problems, even learn how to improve our memory. But um, those are some positive effects and everything's not positive. It could lead to cognitive laziness. We could be overly dependent on AI for decision making, leading to decline in our critical thinking skills. And our mental health is a big concern. This constant barge of information, the pressure to keep up with the AI pace can lead to stress and anxiety. It's like a never-ending race with AI setting basically new records every single day. I'm telling you, it is very hard to keep up with these AI research papers every day because a new big feat comes out every single day. It is absolutely wild. Um, again, there are positives to this too. It can provide personalized mental health support and help us manage stress and anxiety. And it can act as a digital therapist, providing support when and where we need it at any single time. And it could learn what's really wrong with us by reading all these other research papers on like psychological stuff and information like that and give you the best response tailored to your experience no matter what. So it could theoretically be the best therapist in the whole entire world. And that's, that's how we should be using it. We should be using it to help us in these crazy ways like this. Um, but now, how does AI affect us physically? Um, it, it can act as a personal trainer, helping us maintain our physical health. There's AI fitness powered apps out there to create digitalized work plans and track our progress and even correct our form and lifting techniques. It's a powerful tool for promoting physical well-being. However, the effects are not always positive. It could lead to a host of health issues, including obesity, heart disease. And I know it's a paradox where these tools could help our physical health, but it could also harm it. You know, um, it could also revolution, revolutionize healthcare from early disease detection. Again, going back to Mamram, uh example. 
And then it could basically create a personalized treatment plan. It's like having a digital doctor always ready to provide care, but not physically. Kind of you got to do it yourself or find someone to help you get the meds or something like that. Um, But we got to strike a balance uh, at the end of the day uh, between the benefits and maintaining our physical well-being with AI. Because this is a crucial place for our future in an AI-driven world. It's not going away. We can't just shut it down. It's we are, Again, we released a genie out of the bottle. Now, AI is playing a big role in education these days. It's really transforming the classroom. It's acting as a digital tutor, and it provides learning experiences for students. And it can adapt to the student's learning style, pace, interests, or making education more engaging and effective for the student. This is the upside. We could use it to be the best teacher in the whole entire world on this information. And you could basically prompt it on stuff you do not understand on a certain particular topic. It's very good in that case. However, again, it's not always positive. Because what I see it be is we are over-relying on AI to actually give us the answer for stuff instead of using our critical thinking skills and our problem problem-solving skills to actually get the answer. And we will become overly dependent on this AI if we keep up that trend. And we will have the inability to think independently and we'll be a bunch of rocks at the end of the day. <laughs> um, you know, again, it can provide personalized learning experiences though. That's the very big upside that I really like from it. And we got to strike a balance between it um, at the end of the day. Now, the invisible hand that you might not realize, but this could be affecting, this will be affecting us right now, is even Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, plays with GPT all the time. And this, this will influence his role as a CEO. And this could, this could steer corporate giants' decisions. If a CEO is listening to this artificial intelligence, oh, they might come out and say, oh, they're not listening to them. At the end of the day, if they're still prompting it, they're still looking at information from it. They're using AI. And I don't want, like, not calling on anybody else, but that's just an example. It, again, it can predict market trends, identify potential risk in the company, suggest strategies for growth. It could identify new market opportunities, get rid of your whole entire marketing team. Um, it could really lead to big expansion, increased profits, ripple effect, a positive change throughout a, a company. But it's not always smooth selling. AI recommendations can be hard pills swallow. For example, AI might suggest layoffs, layoffs to cut costs. This could lead to decrease in employees' morality and potentially harm the company's reputation. It's a delic- delicate balance, and the leaders must navigate through these waters with care. And it doesn't stop at the boardroom. It extends to every department, every single team, because, again, it could eliminate task free up employees to focus on more strategic initiatives and it's like a domino effect one small change can trigger a series of changes across an organization but what happens when the AI gets it wrong Um, it can be very negative very negative consequences and again it's a very powerful tool and leaders must ensure they do not rely solely on AI for decision making and understand that they need to do what's morally right at the end of the day. But um, I hope 
and I'm gonna wrap it up now in the next five minutes. I just hope this is a big wake up call for everybody. Um, I don't want to entice entice fear, but we, as we continue to advance in the realm of AI, we got to make sure that we're all prepared for every single possibility, and we need to establish robust safeguards right now, ethical guidelines, control the mechanisms to prevent the potential misuse of AI. Because the future of AI is on our hands and we must handle it correctly right now because it will get out of hand. It There's like big leaders like the godfather of AI, Hilton. I'm so happy he came out. Um, He saw this potential dangers and he has spoken out. He has spoken out to make everybody aware of this situation. Please stay aware. Please don't rise direct on AI. Use it for positive reasons. And remember, um, again, just stay aware and understand what this could do to our future. This is our future. We need to shape it right now. Um, Yeah. Thank you, guys.